This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, Packer Report, joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Andy, I like what you did the other day. You shared a clip of you before the Packers hired uh, Matt LaFleur. You're like, eh, this guy, the, here's a guy that I like. His name's Matt LaFleur. He's the offensive coordinator of the Titans. Maybe they should hire him. Nobody knew at the time who Matt LaFleur was. Herman did. I like that you shared that. Good call, by the way. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on as well, and thanks for the shout-out. Now, Matt LaFleur, obviously, against one of his buddies in uh, Sean McVay. This is an interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. Where I'm at right now is I feel pretty good about the Packers. The Rams just have so many injuries, especially to Aaron Donald. I, I You know, the rib injury coming into the cold, I'm just not sure how effective he's going to be, and I think that's something the Packers can take advantage of. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, I, you know, if you watch Aaron Donald closely, I mean, he is all over the place. I mean, he loves that arm over move. He loves, you you know, being aggressive with his hands. I mean, everything you do, you watch him, and he's just torquing the, the core of his body, you know, right around that rib area. And that, that's really such a, you know, a source of his strength. And, you know, obviously Green Bay's going to prepare like he's, you know, full-fledged Aaron Donald and ready to go and everything like that. But it's tough to imagine that, you know, he's going to be at 100% and being able to do everything that he's usually able to do. And that's not to say, you know, even what, 75% Aaron Donald is better than what 95% of other players in the league probably. But uh, you have to think that it's going to affect him in some capacity. And I also agree with you in the fact that, you know, this is a banged up Rams team overall, whether it's you know, Jared Goff with the thumb, uh, again, playing in cold weather, you know, they're used to playing, you know, in, in LA and, and kind of in, uh, you know, comfortable confines. And that's certainly not going to be the case at Lambeau field. Uh, you got Cooper Cub dealing with a knee issue and then, you know, having to play the Saturday game for them. Like I, I agree with you a hundred percent, you know, if they lose that first game, it kind of dampens the rest of the playoff weekend for sure. But this to me, this is best case scenario for the Packers, where the Rams are beat up. They have to come in on a Saturday, like you mentioned. If they win, they get to kind of sit back, get an extra day of rest. I can't believe that the NFL, from a competitive advantage standpoint, doesn't have the two AFC games on one day and the two NFC games on the other day, but they don't. And if Green Bay gets the win, that's certainly going to be an advantage for them, as they can sit back and watch, you know, the Saints and Bucks hopefully beat, beat each other up and have an extra day of rest. Oh, this weekend's going to be so good. I think. Outside of the Packers, that that Ravens-Bills game, I'm so intrigued with that, and I don't want it to be ruined if the Packers lose somehow. But we're going to think positive. I do feel good from a a standpoint that the Packers will win this game. I was really excited. I was looking at some different stats, and I see people tweet different things. And Aaron Rodgers in the cold, his last 10 starts in the cold. He's undefeated. He's been very good. Uh, This stat that was being shared this morning from Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football Packers and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, the last time they 
faced an all-pro cornerback. They're actually one in six in the last seven matchups. So, huh. yeah, I that's interesting. Jalen Ramsey is somebody that we're going to watch this matchup very, very tightly. Him and Devontae Adams. If you're the Packers, I still think minimum Devontae's getting six for 60 and a score. Now, will that be enough? If Jalen Ramsey takes away Devontae, you need some of these other guys. This is one of those games where you will need some of these other guys to step up. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, this has got to be a game where Alan Lazard, MBS, you know, have, uh, you know, consistent games. I'm not saying either of them need to go, you know, eight for 160 or anything like that, but they have to be able to, you know, catch the balls that are thrown their way and uh, come up with some clutch, you know, conversions on third downs. Robert Tunyon's going to have to have a good game, and I think Aaron Jones out of the backfield is going to have to be effective as well. And I think, you know, I think that what that's what makes Green Bay so dangerous is, you know, teams have taken away Devontae Adams, and then Green Bay's really been able to establish Aaron Jones in a lot of those situations as well. And while that stat, uh, one in six against all pro corners, is, is definitely a little bit daunting, I do think sometimes, you know, teams can get a little bit overconfident when they put uh, a Jalen Ramsey or an all pro corner on, De- on Devontae Adams and just say, you know what? We don't have to worry about it then because we've got a uh, Jalen Ramsey covering him. Well, Devontae Adams is, is really good, and he is a, a savant as a route runner, and he can get open against just about anyone. So, uh, you know, if all of a sudden they start just single covering him, even if it is with Jalen Ramsey, I think it, to an extent you almost are okay with that rather than maybe a team doubling him or playing like Carolina where they were just playing a player over the top at all times and, and completely taking him out of the game. That might actually give you some advantage because, again, even against one of the top corners, I think Devontae is going to be able to get open. And I think you have to think of how you want to play him too. Yeah, you know, you could play him in the slot a little bit more, maybe give him you know some more free releases and things like that. At the same token, that can kind of get Jalen Ramsey closer to the line of scrimmage, set them up for better run defense and, uh, you know, set him up for you know potentially blitzing off the edge because he can do so many things almost like Charles Woodson was when he was with the Packers in the slot. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they kind of manipulate that matchup. Talking with Andy Herman, Pack-A-Day podcast, Packer Report, Andy Herman, NFL on Twitter as the Packers get set for the Rams this weekend. Bart Winkler's show here on The Fan. You know, Rodgers is awesome. I mean, I, I just say that and then let you follow up on that, but Rodgers is awesome and one of the things I was the most excited for when they did hire LaFleur, as Andy Herman predicted, <laughs> is you take LaFleur's offense and you take all this, like, you know, these concepts and route design and all this stuff. And then you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And it's been fun to watch those two sort of figure out where the other guy brings the advantage. Like Matt LaFleur this year, I, there's been a few times in the press conferences where he said, well, you know, I was going to call a timeout there, but then I just figured, ah, it's Aaron Rodgers. And then it was on a play that was a touchdown. So it's fun to see him learn, but it's also fun to see Rodgers adapt and use the play action and all that stuff. What has impressed you most in the last two years about where they were to start, just kind of two strangers that both love football, to where they are now in an operation that is running so smoothly? Yeah, I think this is really the key to the Packers' success. And I think Devontae Adams plays a role in this as well, which I'll get to in a second. But, you know, first of all, how I judge a coordinator and why I thought, you know, maybe towards the end of Mike McCarthy era was kind of time to be done is what I want to see is I want to see a coordinator scheme up, I don't know, maybe three, four, five open passes every single game that gets the quarterback in rhythm and, and are just easy plays that, you know, whether it's, 
Aaron Rodgers or Mitch Trubisky or anyone in between, they're going to be able to complete those passes because you as a coordinator found a, a hole on the defense and were able to figure out something that was going to get a player, whether it be wide open or open enough. And I think you see that out of Matt LaFleur with a, a very high level of consistency. I think, you know, whether it's those play action, you know, boot action fakes where he's rolling out and Robert Tunyon's wide open in the flat whether it's using some punch concepts and seeing a player come wide open because of some picks and rubs against man-to-man defense. Matt LaFleur, for the most part, is a step ahead of the defense in a lot of those situations and kind of knowing what's coming. But then it also marries that with a couple things for Aaron Rodgers. First of all, his ability to read defenses at the line of scrimmage and know what's coming ahead of time. You know, It's really tough to fool him at the line of scrimmage, and if you're bringing pressure, he's going to know where his checks are. And if you're going zone, he's going to know to check to something that's a zone beater or a man beater, whatever they're playing. And I think when you've got those baked-in checks you know, at the line of scrimmage that Rodgers can check to, it makes it so incredibly difficult. And that's really where Devontae Adams comes in as well because, again, how do you want to play Adams? How many times have we seen this season where a player, uh, you know, a corner's playing you know, six, seven, eight yards off Devontae Adams to make sure that they don't get beat deep and Rodgers just hits that quick smoke screen over to him? And sometimes he's just picking up, what, four or five yards, but it's, it's you know, taking candy from a baby in that situation. Um, but other times, you know, he hits that smoke screen, he makes the corner miss, and it's 30, 40 yards, and he almost did nothing on the play. The offensive line didn't have to do anything. It's just quick, you know, quick and easy. And then so they come and press him. Well, then we've seen Rodgers and Adams, you know, hit on that, that fade or a quick slant because they can't get their hands on Adams quick enough. All right, so you want to double cover Devontae because you can't cover him single coverage. All right, we're just going to check to run plays and let Aaron Jones take over. So I think all of those different things that are kind of coming together and, and marrying those concepts together, and then, of course, having players like Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, I think all of that just makes this offense so crazy. I don't care if you're the number one defense in the league or not. Those are really tough things to defend at all times. Andy Herman, I gave you credit for calling uh, Matt LaFleur higher or at least suggesting it, which no one else did. Uh, you called the Jared Valdir move as well, so good job on that one. Uh, the <laughs> offensive you. lineman will be the first one to ever play for two different teams in the playoffs because of the practice squad rule. Would you like to call for me what the Packers are going to do at running back after the season? I understand nobody wants to pay a running back. They could franchise Aaron Jones, then you're giving them you know, $12, $13 million for a year. Jamal Williams is also a free agent. They do like AJ Dillon. We know that. I just I, I get the understanding of not wanting to pay a running back, but then every time I see Aaron Jones make a play, I'm like, how do you just let that guy walk? So what do they do? What's your prediction on what they do at running back? Yeah, I wish I had a strong prediction here. And even my gut feel is like my soul is split in two. And I don't, you know, I don't know exactly because I'm with you. I think paying running backs in this day and age, I mean, it hasn't worked out for just about anyone. Derrick Henry, it's worked out pretty well, but you've got the Zeke Elliotts, the Todd Gurleys. I mean, even Christian McCaffrey, who was phenomenal. Again, running backs break down when you give them that many carries. And this year we saw Christian McCaffrey be out almost the entirety of the year. So I love the combination of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon you know, going forward. And I think when you have those two you know, you potentially don't have to give Aaron Jones the the 25, the 30 carries that, you know, he is as a this bell cow running back that you're just going to kind of grind him into the ground. You have a perfect one-two punch there. So I love the idea, but then you start getting into the nuance of, well, they're not going to have a ton of salary cap, and you've got potentially a, a Corey Lindsley or a Kevin King or even a Mercedes Lewis or Jamal Williams, like some of these guys that they want to resign. So uh, this is a really, really difficult one. My gut says that either Jamal or Aaron Jones will be back. Um, 
but it's really, really tough to tell. I'll say Jones is back on like a nine million, nine to ten million per you know deal, but I, I'm not sold on it at all. I wish I was more confident about it. Yeah, maybe maybe before he hired Drew Rosenhaus, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a good point too. Man, that's going to be interesting. We'll find out what happens this weekend. One more thing I want to ask you is a personal thing. I always see you tweeting about like food, and it seems like you hate every food. What what foods do you like? Is yeah, it burgers like, you don't like? What was there was a food that you said you didn't like, and I was like, like mad at you for a week, and I never reached out and told you. That was probably bacon. I think bacon's the one that gets people fired up. That bacon, I don't like. bacon's uh, very good, but people have people have taken bacon to a whole new level. It's like it's like they think bacon just existed two years ago. Bacon's always been good. I don't know what this rush is that everybody <laughs> loves it more than ever now. So I see what you're saying there, but I do like it. All right, fair enough. No, I, I like, you know, my diet's pretty much, if you could, you know, go to any toddler that you know, that's pretty much my diet. Lots of sweets, cereal, uh, burgers, tacos, tons of pizza. That's usually my diet. But, you know, I will say breaking news here, Bart, you know, January 2021, I've been eating a little bit healthier. So, you know, I'm trying to try some new things. I think I had some asparagus this year already. So the times there are changing, Bart. Oh, you know what I had last night is my wife is trying to do meatless Mondays. And so she made like this, this pasta thing and it was really good. And I said, there's no meat in here. And she goes, no, no meat. And I thought it was like meatballs and like pasta. I said, don't tell me what it is. I don't want to know. I want to. And she goes, it's actually eggplant. And it was so good, Andy. But I'm like mad that I, like I could never make it, but that's anyway, I had eggplant last night and I thought it was pasta. We're growing as people, Bart. It's a a step for us. And, And we're doing it together. And that's. The good thing. Andy, enjoy the weekend. Always good to hear from you. I know you'll be on the huddle this week, too, statewide on Thursday. Always a pleasure. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Have a good one. Andy Herman, NFL on Twitter, Packer Report, and the Pack-A-Day podcast, pumping those out each and every day. Follow Andy there. Good to chat with him. If you're applying for a home renovation loan and you're a bit anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com as Andy joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.